This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selke, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, where we are in season 10, entitled Performing Despite the Pandemic. It's been a heck of an 18 months, uh, 19 months for all of us here in this crazy global pandemic journey. However, amid it, we have found people that have continued to show up, to grow, to deliver excellence at the individual level, at the team level, and at the organizational level. And so the purpose of this season is to bring to you the elements that we've witnessed in these individuals and organizations about how they were able to perform despite despite the challenges that they faced, despite the industry disruptions that they faced, despite the protocols that might have got slapped on them, or despite the isolation uh, that might have pervaded their worlds all of a sudden, they found out how to continue to grow, how to continue to contribute. And what we've done at Selking Performance is, is really distilled those factors and, and paired them around concepts and philosophies out of the field of positive and performance psychology to help us all understand what are those elements that I can can weave into my own life, into my own mindsets to help me show up when it's difficult so that I don't quit when it gets hard, so that I don't become overcome with despair in these moments and indeed continue to grow and flourish and contribute to this world because now more than ever, our world needs that. Our world needs men and women, teams, organizations who are so committed to creating a better future, a more positive future state that they grow and that they contribute and that they don't quit in the midst of that. And so in today's episode, we are actually going to dissect a little bit this concept of optimism. So the episode six is entitled Choose Optimism, right? We start every one of the, the titles of these episodes with an action verb because it's not just about hearing things, it's about doing, it's about taking that action. And so what we've found is that those that are able to perform despite, and again, not just the pandemic, because if you're listening to this five years from 2021, right, um, in 2026, do the quick math, right? You you might not be in the midst of a global, we better not be in the midst of a global pandemic, geez, but we're not in the midst of a global pandemic. And so the point is not necessarily the, the pandemic, but replace that word with anything, performing despite challenges, performing despite limitations, performing despite perceptions of other people, whatever that is, right? How do we show up and continue to perform? Because at the end of the day, it's about performance. We have to deliver. And and I want to further just, you know, the, this word performance, it's not just about being on stage or in business or in sports. Like perform to me means how do we show up to the moment? That could be when you're by yourself, right? I'm in by myself in this podcast studio. How am I performing in this moment by myself? In the, the moments when you're having intimate conversations with people that you care about, how are you performing 
quote unquote, but rather how are you showing up to that moment and how do you do so as the absolute best version of yourself? That's the point of this season and of this episode. And today we're unpacking this concept of choosing optimism. So again, in season 10, sort of the structure of this, they're, they're shorter episodes. They, I want to share a quote with you about the topic that we're breaking down, some science behind it, and then an applicable story to help us really wrap our heads and hearts around it before we go into our championship mindset training. Again, a mindset is just a patterned way of thinking, right? A literal protein pattern that gets woven into your brain. And this championship mindset training is intended to help you build the mindsets or wire your brain in a way that champions operate, right? The way that they think. And so we end every episode with that. But the quote, I guess before I even go to the quote, I'm a little bit of a nerd, right? I got my uh, PhD in applied sports psychology and a master's degree in there. My husband always jokes, man, you must have loved school. And I told him, I was like, no, I just got passionate about this topic because I truly believe that, you know, the keys to human transformation lie within, you know, this field of positive psychology, because I believe, you know, what it says in scripture that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. But how do we do that? To me, the keys lie in applied sports psychology and in positive psychology. And so anyways, all that to say, I'm a little bit of a nerd. And I think words like optimism, we we f- we throw around a lot. And so I just want to define that for us. Um, optimism is an attitude reflecting a belief that the outcome of a specific endeavor will be favorable. So an attitude reflecting a belief that the outcome of a specific endeavor will be favorable. Do you believe that this will turn out for the best? Do you believe that the work that you're doing today matters? Right? That that's what optimism really is. And so I love this quote from Colin Powell where he says, perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. Perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. What does that mean? Right? That means that when we are optimistic perpetually, that it starts to to multiply and amplify the force at which we approach a situation or scenario, the force and rigor with which those around us will will attack that moment or that situation or that opportunity. And so I, I also think what he means by perpetual is sometimes we're super optimistic that something is going to work out for the best, right? And then all of a sudden we come up on that, what we thought was the end, and it didn't really unfold the way we wanted it to. And so perpetual optimism says, you know what? It might not have ended up how I want it to right now, but I wonder what is just beyond the horizon. I believe that maybe this, what I see as maybe a setback or a failure, maybe this will actually be the catalyzing or driving force for the favorable outcome that I'm going to perpetually believe in. And guess what happens when when that happens? That means you go back to work. You stay hopeful. You find creative ways to take a next step. I mean, I remember when my soccer career ended, I thought, man, I worked 18 years for this to just be over in a flash. What is up with that? Like, like, how can I be optimistic? But you know what? I believed that there were plans for my future, plans of hope, plans to prosper me and not to harm me. And guess what that did? 
that that challenged me to stay on this journey. Maybe the end all be all wasn't playing college soccer because that got stripped away from me after one year. Maybe there was something more beyond this. And because I had that perpetual optimism, it forced me to continue to lean into undergrad studies at Notre Dame, to lean into building um, a student athlete organization. And, and then it, it led me to the field of sports psychology. And now I truly feel like I found my purpose in the field of applied performance psychology, where I get to, you know, be the vice president of leadership and culture for a global publicly traded manufacturing company and bring that to business, which I have a passion for. And then it allows me to be the mental performance coach for Notre Dame football in a space, the sport that I love of football, the university that I love of Notre Dame. And so again, if I did not have perpetual optimism back in the day, I certainly wouldn't be where I am now, right? Doing these things. And and while I love my life and, and where I'm at and the work that I'm doing, man, I'm perpetually optimistic that that I hope there's more impact. And, and I don't know where that will lead me, right? And so this perpetual optimism multiplies forces and it has connected me with incredible people on this journey. We can't do anything great by ourselves, but man, does the energy and conviction with which we pursue that on our heart, when that stimulates us internally, it connects us with other people, which just multiplies the force at which we can conquer and tackle and go after and believe in and ignite and inspire others on the journey around us. And so from a scientific standpoint, you know, Schreier and Carver in 1987, right back in the day, found that optimism is related to physical and psychological well-being. And furthermore, they found that the factors associated, so so why else? So they're optimistic, but what does that optimism lead them to do, which actually helps facilitate this physical and psychological well-being? Well, what they found is that those who are optimistic sought social support, right? It, it They found that that was a critical element in helping drive that physical and psychological well-being. And then the other thing that they found in those optimists that they that they researched was that those individuals tend to be problem-focused in their coping strategies, especially with controllable situations. So if you want to go back to season maybe eight, I think, where we're in, entitled Sports Psych X's and O's, we actually broke down like coping and coping strategies and some different ways to think about how we cope with challenges. But Schreier and Carver found that optimists tend to have a problem-focused coping strategy versus an emotional-focused coping strategy. So when we when we uh, encounter a challenge or a setback, how do we cope with that? Do we cope with our emotions, like how we how we maybe think about a situation? Because what do we know? Our thoughts affect our emotions, which affect our physiological response. Those are really helpful ways, like emotional coping strategies. How do we cope with the emotions that that we're experiencing? You know, and and really think about those in ways that help us move through a situation. But but as it relates to optimism, and and again, that's this attitude reflecting a belief that the outcome of an endeavor will be favorable. So what they found is that optimists, right? in these these moments, particularly like task-focused moments, optimists tend to be problem-focused as they cope with it. What in this situation is actually in my control and how can I problem-solve here so that we can continue to take steps forward? They did find, however, that 
people that are that try to be like problem focused in their coping for situations that are actually uncontrollable or unsolvable. Have you ever like tried to solve a problem and you just were spinning your wheels because at the end of the day, there were so many variables that were outside of your control that you couldn't actually influence it? Man, that leads to a lot of frustration. So when we say this, make sure that that you're really conceptualizing this around a, a controllable and solvable situation, right? So even challenging circumstances and scenarios where where can we direct our attention to help us problem solve? Because when we do, what does that do? It stimulates optimism. Okay. All right. If we do this and we do this and we do that, I believe that's going to lead us to a favorable outcome. That's optimism. And that's what they found in their studies. Again, that optimists really focused on those, those problem solvable components within the challenges that they faced, which helps stimulate that perpetual optimism that Powell talked about. I want to share a couple stories, two very different stories of optimism at play. Um, I, I had the opportunity to be a part of many different planning sessions for businesses, and, and I was sitting around a, a table, an executive table one time with a team talking about you know their, their next year objectives, their three to five year vision, and then their one year plan to help move them into that vision. And I, I never forget one of the people, you know, we were doing reflections around the table at the end of the planning sessions. And one of the the execs said, you know, we'll, we'll see how this turns out. I'm excited about it, um, but we'll see, you know, how it actually comes to fruition. And I, I just paused the whole group and I said, whoa, whoa, We'll see is not an optimistic state. You, you know, we'll see is sort of a deference of responsibility to manifesting this future. And so he didn't mean it ill-intended. He didn't mean it pessimistic even. It, he he just had sort of what he would call a healthy skepticism, right? And I love when people, they sort of throw that in your face. I'm just a realist, you know, or I'm a healthy skeptic here. Listen, optimism, optimism is about saying, you know what, if those are our goals, we're going to go attack them. And it's going to be because because you know that old quote like if it's if it's going to be it's up to me i mean optimists are not like these people that just you know think this future is going to happen and let's be very positive about it no optimism is saying i believe in a better future and i am going to get to work to make that happen and, and that's the difference as how this optimism shows up to teams. And so I just want to challenge you, like, are you always that healthy skeptic? Or are you highly optimistic? Because teams that I've seen perform despite what's in front of them are like this full on belief that we are going to make this happen. We are not leaving excellence to chance on this. And, and I think that this comes up, you know, even we had this incredible um, former Marine speak to our team several weeks ago. And and then I had the chance to speak one-on-one -on -one with him. And I just remember him, uh, he, he he was talking about the Quezon battle in, in the Vietnam War. It was the longest, deadliest, bloodiest battle of the Vietnam War. It lasted from January to July. And he, he was a Marine that was a part of that. And he said, we were fiercely optimistic that we were going to survive. And, and he said to me, we always believed that we were going to survive, that we were going to win and that we were going to get out of that. And so what happened is at the Battle of Quezon, they were surrounded by North Vietnamese and, and their units were under just massive, massive, massive attack. And, and so the U.S. Air, Air Force had to come in and, and try to bomb to just give, give relief to these troops that were fully surrounded. And, 
you know, he said that 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 back home, right? The news was all about basically they they thought that they were going to lose that that battleground and and lose all those men a part of it. He said, but not us. Not us, not us men in the trenches. We firmly believed that we were going to win and that we were going to survive. And every day we woke up with that deep belief that we were going to prevail. And he said, that's the difference between a U.S. Marine and the rest of the world. And so, you know, just that mentality. And 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 again, you want to, I think people that criticize optimism say like it's this sort of soft and fluffy and, and, and negating of all of the realities around you to remain optimistic. But I'll tell you what, if that Marine and his men could maintain that sense of optimism, to me, there's a ferocity in optimism. There is a there is a sense of urgency in optimism. There is a grit in optimism. Not blanket, just let's hope and see that this, this plays out, but rather, no, I believe in a favorable future because I believe in what I can bring to this moment to create positive change and in the men and women around me to create that positive future. And so again, just a huge appreciation for our servicemen and women around the country and serving all around the globe in all branches of the military. Man, you you have to have an optimism that, that we're going to prevail or otherwise all that we have is despair. And now more than ever, we need that belief. And now more than ever, not just that belief, but men and women who are courageous enough to stand up and to fight against, you know, the, the enemies abroad and, you know, on on our own soil here in the United States, but that we believe in in democracy and in freedom and in the human spirit that we can prevail, we can have a better future if we are all committed to to upholding right the rights of human beings and and the freedoms that exist in our in the United States. And if you're listening to this interview. Internationally, you know, if not in the countries that you're from, hopefully that you get to experience the beauty of that in in your future. But this optimism again, and Seligman in 1998 again, back to just some research to support this. He he talks about learned optimism too, because here's the thing: not everybody. I mean, what they found too is that optimism to pessimism, we all sort of fall somewhere on a spectrum, right? And so there's sort of this nature element of optimism to pessimism, and and what uh, Seligman tells us is is that you know what we what we hope to do is just move to the right of whatever continuum wherever we fall on that continuum we all have a spectrum that we fall on but how do we how do we enhance right and choose optimism even if we might be wired a little bit more pessimistically and so he says that we can actually learn to be more optimistic if we focus on positives and what's possible right what what are the possibilities in this moment and then again how do we how do we leverage our knowledge skills abilities resources, connections to, to magnify those. Because again, if not, we're left with despair. And I'll close with one final story here before we get to our championship mindset training. I remember I was I was doing a, a virtual keynote speech for a financial company in twenty in twenty twenty. So we were in the heart of you know everything in the United States from an election year to the social injustice conversations to the pandemic itself. And so you know we were talking a little bit about this concept of positive psychology. And in the Q and A, again, I mean if you've done any of these virtual presentations, I'm speaking to a blank screen based 
basically knowing that there's 700 people on the call listening. And one of the questions that came through was, you know, how do I continue to remain positive um, when I see men who look like my husband and my son being murdered on TV? And I just remember answering, answering this woman's question with, Positivity and optimism is not about negating the challenges and the realities that exist in our world today. It is about believing in a better future state and and not being willing to lay down and to give up even amid the atrocities that we might see right in front of us. And being so committed to creating that better future that that we do show up every day with a mindset that it can be better, that we choose optimism and that we do not allow fear and despair to pervade our minds and our hearts so that we just succumb to powers that try to take away our, our sense of choice and control in our lives, that, that, that try to blanket statement whole groups of people against one another, but rather um, positivity and choosing optimism is about seeing the landscape in front of us and again, being so committed to believing that there is a favorable future in front of us that we are courageous enough to step in every single day, step into that arena to take hold of our our responsibility of the world that we live in, right? The little square feet around us that, that we own that and that we show up and that that is what optimism is about. And so your championship mindset training for today is to identify a situation where you where you find yourself resigned to despair or or maybe just struggling to believe it will work out. And I want you to think about what are the controllable factors that you can focus on to help you address this challenge and to choose optimism. So again, what are the controllable factors, regardless of the situation in front of you, that you can focus on, that you can pour your mind, your heart, your gifts, your talents, your hope, your belief into to create a better state in that moment, knowing that that cultivation of that, that focus and attention to things you see that you can actually influence, allow that to help you choose optimism. Thank you so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. It would mean the world to us if you could rate and review us on iTunes. And please follow us on all social media platforms. Um, if you're interested in a keynote speech, virtual or live, right, or would love some one-on-one performance coaching, please send me a message directly, Dr. Selking at selkingperformance.com. And then so- follow us on all the social platforms. We're on Twitter at Champ Mindsets, on Instagram at Selking Performance, and on Facebook at Selking Performance Group. And then we've got a lot of free resources on our website as well, www.selkingperformance.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Dr. Amber Selking, and from the locker room to the boardroom, I want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset.